Welcome to Grid Talk, a series of conversations with the leaders and innovators shaping the 21st century grid. Hosting the podcast is Marty Rosenberg, an award-winning energy journalist. The series is sponsored by the Department of Energy's Office of Electricity Advanced Grid Research Division. Now, here's Marty Rosenberg with Grid Talk. Hi, and welcome to Grid Talk. Today, we have with us Wayne Stensby, who's the president and CEO of Luma Energy, which is engaged in rebuilding the transmission system on the island of Puerto Rico. And David Owens, who, if memory serves me, is vice chairman of the board of PREPA after 36 years as executive vice president of Edison Electric Institute. Hi, Wayne. Hi, David. Hello. Good to hear your voice again. (laughs) Hey, Marty. How are you, sir? Great. We talked to both of you uh, late last year, and uh, our podcast numbers went through the roof. You were both very popular. People have a great deal of interest on what you're attempting to accomplish down in Puerto Rico. And Wayne, I don't know if you remember, but the very last thing you said to me in that, that podcast was you look forward to talking to us and updating us with progress. So here we are. That's excellent, Marty. Um, I I couldn't be happier that you've... Uh taking me up on the on the uh, on the offer and uh and i'll probably make the same offer at the end here okay. we have uh we have so much so much to do and uh and it's super exciting and and you know frankly i can't believe that um that it was only december when we spoke so looking forward to the update and talking a little bit about the next few months here in puerto rico great so when we last chatted you said that you were in kind of a rubber year about to prepare to execute and begin a 15-year, $20 billion T&D rebuild. Uh, has that period started, and do I have that correct? So, yeah, so Luma was awarded um, the contract here in, in Puerto Rico on June the 22nd of last year, and uh, we moved into this front-end transition period where, where we find ourselves today. Still, um, we are presently heading to uh, a June service commencement date. So in June of this year, uh, which is frankly a little bit more than a month out, uh, we will become responsible for the transmission and distribution, customer service uh, elements of PREPA. And, you know, we've, we've undertaken... Uh, along with PREPA and along with the P3A here in Puerto Rico, a tremendous amount of work since we last caught up in December and, and happy to take you through a little bit of that. But um, but yes, we will enter into service commencement and then the contract runs for uh, the 15-year duration. Um, and in the, as part of the contract, we will be uh, administering the deployment of the, the FEMA funding to rebuild what is, um, you know, desperately needed here in Puerto Rico in terms of, of a, a badly dilapidated uh, and damaged both transmission and distribution uh, and kind of all elements of technology in, in their power system. And uh, David, when we last chatted, you were about to secure that the $10.5 billion in FEMA funds. From PREPA's standpoint... Is everything green-lighted and ready to go? Uh, yes. In fact, uh, as part of that effort, we had to file a 10-year plan with FEMA. Uh, that plan has been accepted. Uh, 
Wayne's team has been intimately involved in that. Uh, we interact extremely well with FEMA, with the Department of Energy, with other agencies who have a keen interest uh, in the and the uh, work that Wayne is going to be doing to rebuild the grid. So I think we're on, you know, we're on target. Uh, and I believe that the plan has been very well received. And obviously changes will take place as Wayne and his team begin to rebuild the electric system. So, um, David, when we talked back uh, the end of the year, you said the plan was to put 3,600 megawatts of solar up by 2025 and 1,300 megawatts of battery storage. And my understanding is the Luma side doesn't concern itself with generation. So how are those plans going? So we did issue a uh, an RFP uh, about a month and a half ago for 1,000 megawatts of renewables and 500 megawatts of battery backup. Uh, and we'll continue to issue RFPs up until 2025 to achieve the goal, it's really 3,750 megawatts of renewables and 1,500 megawatts of battery backup. Wayne and his team will have an intimate part of that because if you're running the grid, you got to integrate those resources into the grid. So he will have some responsibility to interfacing as well uh, with those TPOAs, and that's what they'll be. They'll be contracts with renewable developers. Uh, to implement the uh, that goal that we have of achieving renewables. We have a overall goal in Puerto Rico of trying to have, uh, by 2030, 40% of our power supply uh, be vested in renewable technologies. Right now, roughly 3.5% of our, of our power supply is renewables. So we're going to have an aggressive effort. We'll be shutting down our coal plant that we have with AES, phasing out some of our diesel plants, and moving increasingly towards uh, renewable technologies. And again, uh, Luma will have an intimate role in integrating these technologies into the grid that uh, that Wayne will be uh, modernizing. Wayne, uh, you're early in your efforts here, but uh, the public has been frustrated by the outages going back to Maria and uh, maybe even before that. And we're about to start hurricane season anew. Um, what's your forecast on how well the system will be able to handle any major storms? And should there be an, a noticeable improvement already, or is it too early? I, th I think it's a great question, Marty, and it's a question that I address quite often as I've been out talking to to our future customers as well as all of the the many stakeholders here and i think you know on a very sort of tactical level as as we get ready for june we've been busy um finalizing some of our um really our customer um service and our and our customer approach um and so yes i do think customers here in puerto rico will feel uh a difference um and and an improvement in the in the way that they're presented with information and the way that they're able to get more current information. We're going to roll out um, an updated website. We're going to roll out a, um, something we're calling Miluma, but a, uh, an app for, for people on their phone. Um, I was just last week in our uh, new customer call center and we're just 
finishing some of the some of the technology. We're beginning training of people there on the on or about the tenth of May, and so you know our we we have a number of things that we're going to focus on right out of the gate, and certainly one is on customer and customer communication. I I think the 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 sort of related question that you had is will people notice uh, an improvement in the reliability of the system and although we are able to address and we will address our customer response and our communication i uh, am also quite practical in in the way i i view the reliability of of the system the infrastructure requires substantial remediation and uh, you know although the teams at prepa have done uh, some great work in the last few years there is a tremendous amount more to to go and so I you know I would describe the system as still a little bit fragile and so yes I think for the next two or three years before some of that large uh, FEMA investment is able to make a meaningful difference we're still going to see uh, relatively high levels of, of outages on the system but I do think with improved customer response and um, you know, making some some early wins, I think customers in Puerto Rico will be able to see a difference. We both talked, uh, actually the three of us talked about the new technology that's going to be deployed on the grid. Um, and to what extent you feel utilities in the Gulf states, Texas, uh, Florida, and in the south, Georgia, uh, areas prone to hurricane disruptions might view Puerto Rico as a testbed of things that they may want to try. Can you talk both talk a little bit about that? So maybe I'll start. Uh, I think, again, you're asking very good questions. So first, if I look at what is happening in the mainland, uh, most utilities, as you know, are modernizing their grids. That's a code word. It actually means that what they're doing is they're using state-of-the-art technologies recognizing the grid is becoming increasingly digitized, recognizing as well that customers have smart meters with AMI, so they have a digital link uh, between the customer and the utility. Other uh, very uh, intensive customer interfaces through communication. Uh, Companies have advanced distribution uh, management systems And essentially, the whole idea, since we're also moving to a system here in Puerto Rico and throughout the mainland, where there's an increased movement towards distributive resources, uh, which includes not just rooftop solar and other technologies, renewable technologies, but even combined heat and power. And in that regard, the utility, who is the distribution system operator, so so that's going to be Wayne, that's going to be Luma, uh, has to have some visibility, some control, and some coordination of what the customer is doing. So you need technologies to be able to do that. So specifically, if we're talking about uh, rooftop solar facilities, you need a smart inverter. You need to be able to understand what is occurring on your system at all times. And safety, reliability are key elements. You want to make sure, too, if the customer has a power supply source, that they're not being backfeed, that the customer is doing something that you're unaware of. So we have a broad array of new technologies that are evolving that give us that real-time uh, focus 
uh, of the system. We can know at all times what the system, what is occurring on the system, and it's all automated, and we're able to take real-time action. I think that's very, very critical. So that's occurring all in the mainland. I'm sure those technologies as well will be incorporated in Puerto Rico. While we have some smart meters, we need smart meters that have that digital interface, that communication link, so that so that the utility can see at all times what the customer is doing, and the customer at the same time can have real-time communication with the utility. So that's those are some of the technologies that are being contemplated. Thank you, David. So, so Wayne, Luma Energy will be customer facing entity in Puerto Rico, at least for the next 15 years. Um, what are the challenges of communicating this brave new world that David just outlined to us, to the, to the customer? Uh, and how are you meeting those challenges right now and in the next few years? Yeah. I, I, I again, I think that's a very powerful question. And, and, uh, you know, I was just, as I was listening to David, um, I, I agree with with everything he said, and you know another way to frame it is the technology is is moving. I mean, I, I view technology as as an enabler, and Luma's role is really as a as a facilitator in many ways. But you know, technology is moving um, to the edge, right? I, I think would be a, another way to frame it is is there's more technology that you know will go in that meter. Um, than a utility had in a you know in an entire substation control system a decade ago, or or will will you know sit at that um, automated distribution switch. Even the even the whole topic of um, advanced distribution management systems (ADMS) is is evolving as as people are pushing those technologies further and further um, out and into customers. So. I think Luma's, um, you know, opportunity and, and the approach we've been taking is to um, is to really engage with customers in using many uh, channels. We recognize we have customers from, um, you know, we have clearly we have residential customers. Clearly, we have commercial customers, more industrial customers. We have customers with different interests and. And as a customer-centric organization, we're really um, spending time talking with and listening to customers and understanding. You know, a, a traditional approach for a utility was believing that we, as a utility, understood what a customer needed to know, and we would simply tell them um, what customers will will. I, I I hope, I believe, my aspiration in Luma is we're spending a lot more time listening to customers and talking to customers and and um, probably having a few less engineers and a, and a few different um, types of people interact and work with customers so that we can provide them with the information they really are interested in, in the format and in the media and in the, in the style they want to consume it. We, we, you know, customers here in Puerto Rico shouldn't have to understand the definition of Sadie and SAFI or ADMS or anything else, right? They should, they, they simply want to know what's interesting to them. And, and, you know, as, as the electricity system gets more and more reliable here, uh, 
it, frankly, there should be other things that they're interested in um, or could be interested in. And so, you know, we're, we're doing things to change the way we uh, communicate information on the bill. We want to move into an environment where we're, we're helping them with energy efficiency or helping them consider other aspects of electricity rather than the basic, um, you know, is, is, is my power out or is my power not out and when will it be restored? We do recognize, though, however, Marty, that we have a long ways to go here. And you know, a lot of what Luma will do in the next few years is very foundational, right? And so we need to get get ourselves back to some of those things that, that in the mainland of the U.S. and in other places people would take for granted, such as good outage management tools and, you know, notifying customers that we do understand your power's out and our team's are working on it and we would expect a, a restoration time in you know four hours or six hours or whatever that might be so so we're we're doing those basic foundational things and but we are really working hard to take a, um, a different approach as we as we connect and listen to customers I think technology though these days offers you know almost an infinite way if you think of social media if you think of all of the ways in which you can consume information. I mean, think of, think of listeners to this podcast. Those are all opportunities that that we in utilities didn't really have a decade ago. So that I find that really exciting. David, uh, Prepa has had a a lot of baggage, uh, including bankruptcy. Um, how are you dealing with those cultural issues? And uh, do you think they're in the past, or are they? they still present problems you have to wrestle with? Well, as you know, we're still before the courts with respect to the bankruptcy. Any transformation is challenging uh, if you're going to make a meaningful difference. So one large uh, element that is concerning, and we're addressing it, are the transition of employees we had years ago over 10,000 employees. We currently have 5,400 employees. For the transition that we are, transformation that we're in at PREPA, obviously all of those employees may not be needed. Many employees will, others will not. Some will decide to retire and whatnot. So the people issue is huge on my heart. And it's something that we have to address. And we knew this, if we're going to make the system much more reliable, resilient, cleaner, affordable, and more customer-centric, you've got to make Herculean changes. And sometimes those changes at the front end are very painful because they involve people. And so to me, that's one of our stiffest and more difficult challenges. You know, many, Luma has done an outstanding job reaching out, uh, given uh, current many current PREPA employees an opportunity uh, to join in this transformation of the utility. Uh, but not everybody will go to Luma. So we've got to work with our employees and make sure that their interests are taken into account, that they can, they can get jobs without the government or other places on the island. That's very important. We got to make sure that our retirees get a retirement check. Uh, so those are the people issues are are substantial issues when you when you're seeking to make the kind of major transformation that we're making in Puerto Rico. 
So that's one of the major issues we're dealing with. Uh, PREPA, uh, the organization, again, will have fewer people, and that's appropriate. Uh, and we will be evolving to a structure that will have a whole co, a grid co, a gen co, and a serve co. The serve co and the grid co uh, is Luma. The gen co, our generation assets are up for bid. Uh, all our legacy plants, the plants are very old. So we're looking to, much like we've done with Luma signing, uh, operation and maintenance agreement, not for 15 years, perhaps for 10 years for our legacy generation facilities. Uh, and so then you'll create a GenCo. So obviously that means that staff that we have that did those functions, uh, that the, that the uh, operator of the generation facilities uh, may bring other talents, and we have to acknowledge and recognize that. Our goal is to create a cleaner, more reliable, more resilient, more affordable, and more customer-centric. I was very pleased that we took the time to go into detail about the importance of having that relationship with the customer. So that's that's you know that's kind of where we are. We're we're transforming the structure of Prepa to be coincident with the things that Luma's got to do, with the things that the Genco's got to do. And with what we've got to do with respect to the renewables, the PPOAs that have to purchase power arrangements that have to evolve if we're going to achieve a, our cleaner goals of 40 percent uh, renewables by 2025. So those are the challenges that, that the board is currently dealing with, and those are the challenges that I find to be uh, very, very difficult but necessary to solve. When... Uh Luma Energy was formed by Quanta Services, Canadian Utilities, and Innovative Energy Management. To what extent will you be tapping the intellectual capital in those companies um, and bringing them to Puerto Rico to train a new generation of workforce? David talked about the transition to a new workforce. How are you going to master that and and, uh, execute that in the coming years? Yeah, I think, you know, and I, I'd like to just pick up for a quick um, moment on on one of David's points, which is um, the the prep employees today. And um, I, you know, these these are very talented, very dedicated um, people. And just like David, I think we recognize that, you know, transformations like this are difficult. And so. I have uh, a lot of empathy for for prep employees, and and as David said, we've been working hard to encourage as many prep employees as as possible to join Luma because at the end of the day, um, you know we will benefit from their experience and um, and their knowledge. But you know beyond that, we will offer um, you know a, a long. Uh, career in if you if you consider the amount of federal funding, if you consider the amount of technology we'll deploy, if you consider the the great I, I can't think of a more exciting place to uh, to spend the next fifteen years or fifteen years plus. So we got lots of great jobs. Um, we are uh, as as I mentioned the last time we spoke. I mean one of the one of the key principles for us is is putting health and safety first. 
uh, as we put our people and our customers first. And so, you know, you asked, what are we bringing from the parent companies that form Luma? And of course, you know, companies are about people, right? They're about they're about values, and and I think that's one of the great things is um, both Quanta and Natco have have very similar values, and that's what enabled those parent companies to to join with IEM and and form Luma. So we've just opened uh, or sorry broke ground in the last um, I guess kind of three weeks now the Luma College for Technical Training. We're we're developing a college here in Canovanus um, that will help to train the next generation of line workers. So, you know, very, very um, important that that we get solid training uh, in the hands of our employees and, and especially on the health and safety side, so important on the health and safety side. We're also tapping into, uh, if you, you know, Quanta's expertise in in large-scale um, construction, large-scale storm response, um, the way that Quanta manages fleet and large-scale um, fleet. Uh, they have a technology group. If I sort of jump across to ATCO, you know, ATCO's approach for customers and, and putting customers at the center of the discussion um, approach with regulators and, and building a collaborative relationship with regulators. Again, um, you know, we've had the opportunity to have a decade of large-scale capital deployment, and as I as I say to many people, you know, it is actually it's actually very difficult to do a good job of of deploying, um, you know, notionally a, a billion dollars in in capex a year, um, and then IEM. I, you know, as we as we're getting ourselves kind of prepared here for for our first storm season, IEM's expertise in both um, you know assist assisting with that emergency response planning, but but also their deep expertise in working with FEMA and deploying um, federal funds, and so all of those elements are you know that that um, intellectual horsepower that that human capital, all of that is being brought into Luma uh, as we recruit our own, you know, thousands of workforce here and um, and get ourselves stood up. Without the, those parent company resources and those parent company attributes, um, we wouldn't have been able to get through this 10-month period as quickly and, and as effectively as we were. And, and as time rolls on, as Luma kind of rolls on here in Puerto Rico, we will still have those connections back to the parents. But, of course, Luma will become, you know, a little more um, self-sufficient. So my concluding question to you both is, that we, as we sit here at the start of the 2021 hurricane season, um, and you both have been putting in quite a bit of work, are you optimistic um, is it going better than you anticipated? Is it harder than you anticipated? What has been your takeaway as you reflect on where you stand right now? And we'll start with you, Wayne. I mean, it's, it's been a challenging year, I think, Marie. I'm, I'm an optimist by nature. Um, you know, if you think of, um, I don't know, for example, COVID and the pandemic that has had such a significant impact on the globe, never mind um you know, little old us here in Puerto Rico. So, so yes, we've been dealt a, a few challenges, but that's okay. We, uh, you know, we we 
we understood we wouldn't understand we wouldn't we wouldn't know everything that was in front of us we built a, a plan that had some flexibility it's kind of tested our agility uh as we get ready for june we've taken that same approach we have we have our plans but then we have our backup plans and we have our backup plans and i think it's very important as we move into the summer here in puerto rico um you know, I, I'm confident we've we've done our work and we're ready to get started. We do, however, recognize it is just the start, and uh, you know we can we can make some of the differences I spoke about to customers here in Puerto Rico, and you know we look forward to getting started. Um, and then, and you know, if something goes bump in the night, which which it may well, we have some plans in place, and uh, and we'll roll out those plans and we'll continue to move forward. Great. And, and David, are you still convinced that uh, the best retirement plan for a former utility executive is to roll up their sleeves and, and plunge into an issue like rebuilding the grid in Puerto Rico? I mean, I love taking on challenges, and uh, this is a huge challenge. And I like the relationship that is evolving uh, with Luma and the, and the customers and prep employees and so forth. Uh, so I'm excited about what we're seeking to do, and I'm looking into the future 10 years hence. We'll all sit back and we'll smile and we'll say, they've created uh, a electric system that is the envy of all the Caribbean islands. And, and that's really what the goal is. They brought jobs back to Puerto Rico. Uh, the utility now is out of bankruptcy, and the government and so forth, and they're going to the capital markets, they're raising capital. There's confidence that the system is reliable, it's very resilient, it can withstand 150 mile per hour hurricane winds. If a portion of the system is affected, the entire system does not go down because they've got resilience through microgrids and they got a 230 kV hub that circulates the entire island. Uh, so I'm very optimistic. Uh, as we prepare for the hurricane season, as Wayne said, he's he's done a very, very uh, uh, great planning and preparation. You can never over plan. And we've tried to, as well, make improvements in the system. Uh, we accelerated substantially. Vegetation management is always an issue. It's very difficult on the island because the vegetation grows so quickly. And in our 230 kV tides, it's in hard to get to areas. So we have a very aggressive vegetation management program. That was one thing that I stressed uh, when I got on the board. We quadrupled the money that we gave to that. I also stressed spare, spare parts inventory. I stressed a maintenance schedule and still stress it where all our major facilities are up and running as we're entering the hurricane season. And, you know, I have tremendous confidence in the expertise of Luma. They've done this before. They know what they're doing. Uh, and, you know, we're going to be great partners, in my view. So I'm very optimistic, not just cautiously optimistic. I'm very optimistic uh, that we will uh, that we will respond to severe weather events uh, better than what we've had in the past. Uh, I can't predict whether there'll be outages or so forth, but I will say we are getting better prepared than we've ever been. Thank you, David. And thank you, Wayne. Thanks to our guest, uh, David Owens, 
of Prepa, is vice chair of the board, and Wayne Stensby is the president and CEO of Luma Energy. We've been talking about development of the grid in Puerto Rico and uh, its implications for the broader utility industry. You have been listening to Grid Talk. You can send us feedback or questions at gridtalk at nrel.gov. And we encourage you to give the podcast a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. For more information or subscribe, please visit smartgrid.gov. Thanks for listening to Grid Talk, presented by the U.S. Department of Energy Office of Electricity Advanced Grid Research Division. Subscribe through your favorite podcast provider or visit smartgrid.gov for more information.